Welcome to episode 16 of the Balanced Working Moms podcast. I'm Rena Misha, and I'm incredibly glad that you're here. If you're like me, a busy mom who's trying to manage it all, you're in the right place. In this podcast, you'll learn how less can be more. Isn't that a beautiful thing? In today's episode, we're going to talk about what minimalism is. And we're not just going to talk about having less stuff. We're also going to talk about minimalism in our schedules and in our attitudes, because minimalism is a tool that we all seriously need to be better balanced. And I'm always working on ways to bring more minimalism to my life. Let's get this discussion started. Before I get started in this episode, I feel like I need to give you a warning because there's no way I'm going to get through with this episode without getting emotional. Because for me, minimalism is not just a trendy word. It's something I've been aware of since I was a kid. And you're going to hear why it makes me so emotional. I don't feel that old, so it feels really funny for me to say this. But back in the day when I started learning about minimalism, there was actually no word for it. I didn't know how to put into words the kind of person that I was. And you can't even imagine how thrilled I was when a few years ago, this word was created and it was everywhere. And I finally had a way to describe my way of life. So instead of feeling like an oddball, I felt like I was before my time. And that never happens to me, so that was a lot of fun. But let me tell you how I got into minimalism, even as a kid. So I have an amazing brother. He's only a year and a half older than me, and we're really, really close. We were always close as a kid, and we're still close now. And one day when I was about 10 or 11, I think I was in fourth or fifth grade, there was a big trend going on. Everybody had charm necklaces. Do you remember these? Are you the same age as me? They were the ugliest thing. They were made out of plastic, so the actual necklace could be any color. They could be bright pink, blue, purple. And then you had these charms, these plastic, cheap-looking charms that came off of these necklaces. And they were cheap, and it was a very quick trend. So all of a sudden, it was like everybody had one of these necklaces, and it felt like it was just everybody around me had them. Everyone had these necklaces. And I went to the store, and I found a beautiful one that I wanted so badly. And to this day, I remember exactly how much it cost. It was $5. But remember, I was young, and I did not even have $5. And I wanted this necklace so badly. So I came home and I asked my mother for the money. And she was like, of course not. I'm not giving you money for this ugly necklace. It's not going to happen. But my amazing brother said to me, Rena, I want to teach you a life lesson. And I'm already getting emotional. Okay, you were warned. And he explained to me and he said, I'm going to give you the $5 for this necklace. Because I want you to learn not to waste your money on fads. He said, you're going to get this necklace and you're going to see that it was a waste of money. But if I don't give you this money, 
you're never going to learn this lesson. And like I said, he's only a year and a half older than me, so it's not like he had so much money. So he gave me the money and I thought, he's crazy, (laughs) you know, like, thank you for the money. I'm going to take it and run. So I took the money and I bought the necklace and I had such a good week that week at school. I showed everybody my necklace. I felt like I fit in and I really enjoyed it so much for that week. And then the next week I go to school. No one's wearing their necklaces anymore. The fad is over. And my brother was right. And I couldn't believe it. Because again, the $5 was a lot of money to me. And I had wasted my money. But, (laughs) but you know what I did? First of all, it made me appreciate my amazing brother. But I hung that necklace up and I had it hanging in my room until I moved out of the house. Because that necklace reminded me to not waste my money, to not buy into fads, something that I didn't love, but just because everyone else was doing. And that was my representation. And it also reminded me of how lovely my brother was and how he wanted to teach me. So every time I looked at that necklace, I felt good. I felt like my brother taught me something and I came away with the lesson. Before the word minimalism, even existed in my world. I had never heard it, but I decided that I didn't want to have an overabundance of stuff. So now let's talk about what is minimalism. Because so many people believe that minimalism is having nothing. So when most people think of a minimalist, they think of bare walls. They may picture this empty place with two beach chairs in the living room and no stuff. (laughs) So I would say that that image that you have in your mind is probably extreme minimalism. I love the definition from Mia Danielle's blog. Here's what she writes. Modern minimalism is a practice of awareness and intention regarding your belongings, time, and energy. She writes that it's not characterized by extreme scarcity. I absolutely love her definition because she shows that minimalism is not about extremism. It's not about just having nothing. It's about being aware. It's about being aware and having an intention for your belongings, your time, and your energy. And minimalism actually applies to all parts of your life. So it's not just about having fewer things. So most people think that minimalism is just about stuff, right? It's owning less stuff, but it's also more a mindset than about stuff. And I'm sure you're not surprised to hear that I'm saying that something is a mindset because really in life, everything is a mindset, right? It's how you think about things. It's how you think about your schedule. Do you want it to be stuffed or do you want it to have a little emptiness? And with minimalism, there are no hard and fast rules. It's not like you own this amount of stuff, so you're not a minimalist. And some people may think, oh my gosh, my kids have so many toys. I'm not a minimalist. That is not a helpful way to think. Because being a minimalist is about creating margin in your life. It's about being intentional about the things you buy and about the things that you let into your life. It's about 
owning your things instead of your things owning you. Oh my gosh, I love that quote. I'm going to have to put that into a beautiful graphic. I'll say that again. It's about owning your things instead of having them own you. Now, let's talk about, as a working mom, why you should be a minimalist and how you can benefit. So the first reason why I believe that working moms should have a minimalist mindset is because buying stuff takes so much time and energy. I am always so amazed by how much time it takes me just to buy stuff, from researching what to buy to actually buying it, setting the thing up, learning how to use it, storing it. And that one is so much bigger than that word could even express, right? Maintaining the thing, cleaning it, and then finally getting rid of it when you no longer need it. (laughs) That list is exhausting. But actually, almost everything you buy is going to go through that process, even if it's a simple little thing. I'm always so upset with myself when I spend all that amount of time when something costs $10 or $20. And I'm trying to find the cheapest one or the best one. And I'm like, what am I doing? Do I really need to worry about this? But most of us do that with almost everything we buy. We try to find the best, the most efficient, the cheapest. And that takes a lot of time. So by buying less, we have all that time back. And that's a big thing. The next reason why I feel like being a minimalist is such a good thing for us working moms is because it keeps our houses neater. So one of the biggest challenges of being a mom who also works outside the home is that we're not in our homes a lot of the time and we don't have a lot of energy to put towards housework. So less stuff equals less clutter. And that is one of our biggest pet peeves. So even the smallest thing that we could reduce from bringing into our house is just going to make us so much happier that our house has less stuff. And then the final reason that I want to just mention today is that being a minimalist just simplifies our lives. And that actually is the most important reason to be minimalistic, because having less work to do, which means fewer items, fewer commitments in a minimalist schedule, It's actually a fantasy for many working moms. Any step that we can make towards minimalism in our physical space and our calendars and our commitments is going to create more ease in our lives. And it's so important for anyone to do this because we're all feeling so pressured and burdened, but especially those of us who are short on time. So what do you think? Do you think you can ease into a minimalistic way of mind if you're not already there? I really hope you can because it's just going to create so much more margin in your life, so much more ease because every little thing that you buy or everything that you schedule into your calendar, it creates just something else for you to do, something else for you to take care of, another thing. So the less we can do this, just the more happier and at ease you're going to be. And that's our goal. That is our ultimate goal. So the more you could just get your toe wet and ease in, I feel like the better it can be. So now let me give you some tips on how to actually do this in your life. And the first one, you're not going to be surprised that I start with this, is to not overschedule your family. 
And this is such a great place to start with minimalism because if you just do a little less overscheduling, you will see such big improvements in your life and your mind and just your ability to relax and just feel good, feel more at ease. Because the trend these days is to do so many activities and things that your head may feel like it's going to explode. Or you may feel like you're going to collapse from all of this activity. These commitments may not work for you or your family. And I personally don't think it's healthy for you or your kids to be overcommitted because, of course, we all need downtime. We all need to rest. We all need to just be around the house and do things that need to get done. If we're always out and about, we never have that downtime. And I'm going to tell you where I learned the importance of not overscheduling myself. I had a really dear friend, and I love her so much. And she would always complain to me about her kid's sports schedule. And she'd say to me, I can't believe that when I get home, I have to take him to practice. And let me tell you, my friend, this was obviously not bringing her joy. But when I would say to her, well, why did you enroll him in this sports activity? She would just look at me. She couldn't answer me. I don't even think her son wanted to do these sports. And I suspect that she did it because everyone else was doing it, so she thought she kind of had to. Now, my kids get home from school and they're really tired. They go to a private school and they've had a long day. They've already had art in school. They've even had music lessons. So I enroll them in an after-school activity only very occasionally because I'm very mindful of the effect of the after-school activity on them. I know they've had a long day. Will it be good for them? Will it be good for me? You know, as a mom, I feel like that last question I asked, is that good for me? Most of us won't ask it because we feel like we should not be in the equation. If it's good for our kids, we have to do it. But I'm here to tell you, let's not think that way. Let's not think of a person who just needs to sacrifice her whole life because you're an important part of the equation. And if you can't handle some kind of activity, you're important too. If you're going to get tired and exhausted, I absolutely believe that you need to consider yourself in the equation and the rest of your family, because everything that you commit to is going to have a consequence, not just for the person who's involved in that activity, but for everybody else in the family. Other siblings, grandparents, your spouse, everybody needs to be considered. So think about that when you say yes to parties, to activities, to whatever it is that you're thinking of doing. Just think to yourself, is this something I really want to do? Is this going to be good for me? Is it going to be good for my family? And I also urge you to try to keep things light on weekends too, because I really believe that kids need to be bored. It's how they develop their creativity. And I know that they don't want me to say this to you because kids don't like being bored. But when they are, that's when they get their best ideas. Same with us. We need to be bored a little bit. You also need to get things done around the house and squeeze in some time to rest. So my friend, don't feel guilty about saying no to parties or whatever that's going on on the weekend, because I really believe 
it's so good for you and your family to have breathing space in your schedule. And as a working mom, frankly, I'm going to tell you that you need it more than most because you're already not getting the space you need during the week. Because as you go from work to home to family to cleaning, whatever, you need some breathing space. You know that. I give you permission to get some. All right, so now let's shift to how you can actually buy less stuff. So my recommendation for you on how to buy less stuff is to only buy things that you love or you need, not things that are on sale and that are just like, eh, whatever. And this is a lesson that I learned from my mother because she taught me that it's always better to have one thing that you love than five things that you feel kind of indifferent about. Because if you don't love something, you're not going to use it. Done and done. There is no question in my mind that having a lot of things that you don't love doesn't help your life any. So I'm going to give you an example. I see that people who go to an office, they usually wear a different outfit every day of the month, right? It's very rare to see people wear things very frequently, like maybe the same thing once a week or once every two weeks. Again, at least in the United States, this is not true in other countries. But it's very interesting because I'll see the women wear something maybe once a month, maybe they'll wear it again the next month, but I won't see it long term. And do you know why? Can you guess why this happens? Because they don't love the item. They bought it and it was cheap and it didn't hold up and they don't feel really good about themselves when they wear it. So for me, I would rather buy one beautiful dress and wear it a few times in a month. I'm okay with that. Rather than maybe five itchy dresses that were cheap and I wear a few times and then I just give them away. Because my friend, I don't have time for that. And our planet doesn't have the resources for that. That's not sustainable. And think of all the work involved with buying so much more stuff than buying so much less stuff, right? You have to buy these five outfits. You have to try them on. You have to return the ones that don't fit. You have to get rid of them when they don't hold up in the wash. Ugh, that is too much work. Buy the one dress that you absolutely love, and the benefit will be that you are just going to love how you look, and you're going to appreciate the item so much more, because when you buy things that you love, my friend, there is no going back. You can't start doing things back the other way, because it feels so amazing to be surrounded by stuff that you absolutely love, whether it's clothes, furniture, even food items. Whatever it is that you buy when you love them, it just nourishes your heart. It feels so good. And although this sounds more expensive, I can tell you because I've been doing this for a long time that it actually saves you a fortune because it's a long-term game. So that dress that you love, you are going to wear it for years and years and years where that cheap outfit Forget about it, right? It's gone. You've worn it once or twice and it's done. My next tip for you is related to this one. So the tip number one was to only buy things that you love or need. And my next tip is to buy the best quality you can afford. Don't just buy things you love. Buy things that are really high quality. Again, this is also a secret to save you money. Money, time, everything. 
Let me give you an example of where I buy the best quality I can afford. So when I graduated college, the first car that I was thinking about getting was a Honda. And I remember because that car and another car were almost the exact same. And the Honda cost $2,000 more. And I remember I wasn't going to buy it. I was going to say, no, let me get this other car. It's a little cheaper. And I ended up buying the Honda. And let me tell you, my dad is still driving the Honda. It has over 300,000 miles on it. I drove it for over 10 years. And that car is going strong. So my next car, when I needed a bigger one for my family, also a Honda. So I spend more money initially, but I feel like I'm getting quality. So I'm not compromising by saving a few thousand dollars initially. And in the long run, that's where I save the money because the car lasts a really, really long time. Oh yeah, and that other car, that first one I was considering, I haven't seen any of those on the road in a really, really long time. My fourth tip that will really, really help you to work towards a minimalist lifestyle is to wait before you buy. And this is something I do all the time. And it's one of my absolute favorite tips. Because what I do is I wait 24 hours before I buy anything. Actually, at least 24 hours. Sometimes I wait even longer. But what you could do is you can add the item to your online cart but just don't hit buy just right then and there. Just think about that purchase overnight. Do you love it? Is it good quality? Do you have a place to put it? As you know, I do this almost all the time. And more than half the time, I don't end up getting the item because I realize that I don't really need it. I don't really want it. It won't serve me. Whatever it is, I just don't end up getting it. So my friend, don't fall for these online flash sales because marketers know about pressuring you to buy it right then and there. But just taking a break and stepping away and being less emotionally attached to the item can really help you realize you don't even need it. So I love that tip for you and I hope you use that and I hope that it helps you consider what you're buying and make sure that everything you buy that you love and that you really, really want and not just that you're pressured to get it. All right, my tip number five is so much fun because I just started doing this last year and I love it. It's so satisfying. So my tip number five is to keep a list of things that you didn't buy. I did this last year because I wanted to just increase my minimalism. And it's so satisfying to see a list of things that you were tempted to buy, but you didn't actually buy. And as the list grows and you look at it, you're going to look back and you're going to say, oh, <laughs> thank goodness I didn't buy that item because you don't want it in your house. You are going to be so glad that you resisted and you have that money now for other things. I love seeing that list. And that list is also going to make you so proud of yourself because you're going to be proud that you saved the money and that you honored your commitment to buy less. It's such a good feeling. If you make this list, be sure to share it in our Facebook community because I will love to see it and so will the other moms. Now, my last tip is actually the most important because you know it's all about mindset in my world. Everything you do is about how it relates to you. 
So my last tip on how to become a minimalist is actually the most important, and it's to view minimalism as self-care. So instead of defining a minimalist as somebody who does without, actually see it as taking care of yourself as something that's good for you. Because let me tell you, it is self-care to only own things that you love, right? How good does that feel when you look around your house and you love everything that's in it? It is self-care to have fewer things to clean and declutter. Totally, right? It's less work for you. It is self-care to have more space in your house because it's not junked up by things. It is absolutely self-care to have more time in your schedule. It is self-care to have more time freed up from going to stores and researching things to buy. So being a minimalist is absolutely self-care. And when you see it as that, you're going to embrace it. You're going to love it. You're not going to feel like I'm doing without. And for me, minimalism actually feels like a game. I love buying less. And then the stuff that I do buy, I just appreciate so much more. And it does feel like self-care because everything that I buy, I'm going to love. And it feels so nourishing. So when I buy the dress and it fits me well and I look good in it, yeah, that is self-care. That feels really, really good to me. And I am excited for your journey to become more and more of a minimalist because I believe it is one of the biggest secrets to being more balanced because stuff takes so much more time than you could ever even realize. And as with every episode, I don't want you to just listen and then go about your life. I want to give you something so you can remember and use the lesson in your life. So for today's freebie, I have a printable to help you with your minimalist lifestyle. So the freebie has six helpful questions you can ask yourself before buying anything. And I made it a bit smaller in size so you can print it and keep it in your planner or your wallet. You can adjust the size when you print it, just choose whatever percentage to print it and make it even a little smaller. So shrink it to whatever size you want so it's where you need it the most, whether it's in your room, wherever it is. And instructions on how to download it are in the show notes. Now, my friend, sometimes some of my favorite reviews are actually the minimal ones. I hope that you go and review this podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. So here's one of my favorite minimal reviews by Leia Ruach. And here's what she writes. She is an inspiration, upbeat, clear, practical, warm, humorous, so easy to listen to, hopeful, energizing. Give it a try. I would love for you to also leave me a minimalist but powerful review on this podcast. Let me tell you, it'll totally make my day. I am wishing you so much joy that a minimalist lifestyle can give you. Remember, you do not have to empty your home to view yourself as a minimalist. You just need a mindset, a mindset that will make you intentional about the things that you do buy and the commitments that you let into your life. And any small amount of moving towards this goal is going to help you create so much ease in your life. I am wishing you ease and margin and all the best. Thank you for listening. So instead of seeing minimal, <laughs> how on earth do you say this word minimalism? <laughs> <laughs>